Hello, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Elena. And we are two therapists with a lot of opinions. Welcome to Just Another Therapy Podcast, where we'll be discussing various topics through the lens of mental health and therapy, just like every other therapist on social media right now. No, but we're different. (laughs) Join us this season as we talk all about social media, the good, the bad, and the absolutely ridiculous. This podcast was created for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a replacement for mental health treatment. If you are in need of support, check out our show notes for links to resources. More and more people are looking for answers. There's a lot we're trying to cope with these days. A pandemic, climate change, civil rights violations, rising housing costs, and so much more. Joining a spiritual community and developing spiritual practices can provide security and involve us in something greater than ourselves. Gurus and coaches of the New Age Wellness Movement promise transformation and transcendence. If you join their three-month exclusive program for only $1,111. These leaders, gurus, and coaches pose themselves as divine experts as they capitalize on the human need for connection. In this episode, we explore the harmful beliefs perpetuated by online spiritual coaches and shed light on their tactics. Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So... I have been getting into this (laughs) corner of uh, the internet Mm -hmm. a lot more in the last few years, and I think you'll kind of find that this topic overlaps a little bit with our MLM episodes Mm -hmm. and also overlaps with like the Instagram coach Mm -hmm. episode because there are definitely some behaviors and um, tactics that are similar to those other groups um so there are definitely some connections there the first thing we're going to explore is what do these people talk about like what are the topics they're bringing up on their instagram what are they offering in their programs so some words that you might often hear used by these gurus They might talk about codes and downloads, the divine masculine, the divine feminine, manifestation, Mm -hmm. radical self-love, being a mirror to other people, reflection, Mm -hmm. alignment, attunement. This message is for you. Yes, this message is meant for you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And so... All of that sounds like, oh, okay, like kind of interesting, intriguing, Uh, like maybe that stuff could do something for you, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is dissect it as we normally do and say, hey, like some of this stuff sounds maybe cool or helpful in theory, but is it? is it actually where does it become exploiting yeah you know because i think like what you're saying a lot of it it makes sense like some of the stuff it it could benefit you absolutely there could be a lot of value to to working in some of these spaces but there's a line that we've both seen on social media where it goes from these are helpful tools that might benefit you on your spiritual journey to i'm the expert and there's Mm -hmm. a paywall now and in order for you to get better you have to pay mm-hmm. a lot of money. And literally, like we put it in our intro for this episode, it's always like 
the same number repeated mm-hmm. like angel numbers of okay it costs two thousand two hundred and twenty two dollars yes. for this program or I'm actually going to give an example of somebody's um, paid group that they run and I think it's like forty four dollars um, a month so they always mm-hmm. do like the repetitive numbers um, and actually to you know kind of encapsulate I think some of what we're getting at I'm going to read a quote um, and we'll also link uh, this quote in the show notes so that you can look at the graphic for it. Are you a healer or are you a busybody meddling around in other people's traumas because it makes you feel special? Ouch. That's intense. Yeah. Wow. That's like, I don't know how to feel about that. Do you not agree? I think it's like, I don't know. What was that? What was the intention of it's that? Ab- quote? It's about like spiritual coaches and gurus, like people who mm. it's like meant to be about people who don't have like really any qualifications or you know maybe even real life experience to inform what they're doing yeah I should have prefaced that it's specifically talking about that group of people (laughs) sorry because I saw your face and I was like wait do you like not are we not on the same page here (laughs) no can you read it again yeah okay okay everyone so you were maybe making a face like Rebecca was um so yes with with these people in mind the people who Mm -hmm. are capitalizing off of um you know people's difficulties Mm -hmm. um and beyond that behaving in exploitative ways are you a healer or are you a busybody meddling around in other people's traumas because it makes you feel special Mm. See, the perspective completely shifts my thought okay. process. Like, as you say that, like, initially, I'm like, I was thinking of it kind of flipped. Like, that is something that the spiritual community is saying to oh, others. No, no, no. And I was like, wait, what? And now that that makes sense. Like, it could be definitely taken multiple ways. But what you're saying is these spiritual healers are are kind of using this responsibility of like, I'm a healer, I'm, I'm an empath or whatever, but is that actually healing people or is that like being nosy in their business and not making it better? And I think the last part is super important. Like, are you doing this because it makes you feel special, mm. right? Think about, you know, cult leaders, Yes. right? Like they maybe have this God complex. They mm-hmm. have narcissistic qualities. Maybe they're, you know, full-blown narcissist. I don't know. I'm never going to like try to diagnose somebody mm-hmm. I've never met, but there are all of these issues mm. that show up in these types of leaders. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, it's not about the benefit of the people in that community. Mm-hmm. It's like you are trying to gain something. You're trying to feel good about yourself. You're trying to um, make this kind of income because, you know, they see an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. The people are, people are vulnerable and people can become susceptible. That's kind of why cults work is mm-hmm. because people are looking yes. for something. It kind of like reminds me of the concept of like saviorism. And, like, how they're in, like, a lot of cultural contexts of, like, the white woman savior complex of, like, are you actually helping a community or are you trying to, like, make yourself the center of that community and make yourself look good? 
that's what I hear now as we talk about it. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Cause yes, like, are you really supporting a community or are you trying to just like center yourself and make yourself feel good and hurting people along the way? Yes, absolutely. Okay. A specific example I want to give related to this aspect of the topic is about triggers. So something that you will see these people talk about um, are how they are triggering you, but that's for your benefit. Like Mm. they're triggering you into excellence or if you're triggered, it means that you need that, right? That it's not their fault, that they are just showing you the truth, that they are just being radically honest and either you don't want to see it or you're not taking that opportunity to grow from your triggers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real denial of accountability to say, well, I'm this like spiritual witch. I'm this, you know, leader and I'm just being honest and you're not evolved. You haven't grown enough. Mm -hmm. And so by me triggering you, that shows that, you know, you need to step up and get it together. Like I'm triggering you because you need that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's really messed up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I will say, like, I, this is a topic that I am not as well-versed as you are, Elena. So I am definitely in a (laughs) learner's seat. (laughs) And I feel like I'm, maybe some of the listeners, too, are like, oh, I've never really dove into this before. But it's right up my alley because it sounds very much similar to, like, power and control, abuse, coercive relationships. Um And how toxic and exploitive those can be to people. So, I I mean, I'm so interested in hearing more about this. Yes. Yeah. So, I am going to talk about a specific person. Okay. We're not going to name them. Okay. Um, That's not really the point. No. Um, You know, but I do think having kind of a concrete example Mm -hmm. can be helpful to say like yeah no I'm kind of reading you directly yes (laughs) what this person is putting out there Mm -hmm. um so according to this person's Instagram uh they are a coach of empowerment and embodiment they say that they are a yogi and an alchemist and a healer And they have a group that you can pay for monthly. It is $44 a month. It's called the Soul Aligned Sisters Collective. And this is a direct quote about this collective. This is a sacred, safe container focused on creating deeper alignment, celebrating authentic expression, and cultivating embodiment of one's highest self. In this community, I guide my sisters through removing all facades, reclaiming their peace and power to embrace your inner goddesses. Together, we raise the collective and transcend by leveraging the medicine of unified sisterhood. Wow, that's a lot of words. Before I say anything, (laughs) I'm like, I'm truly interested in like, your gut reaction to that like because I definitely have you know thoughts but like you hearing that the first time what sticks out to you it sounds like a lot of like redirection and you're not really saying anything yeah like I find myself listening to that and I'm like what are you actually providing I'm a little bit confused and I will say like from my 
So my background in this, like where I'm coming to this conversation with is I do feel like very much a spiritual person. I am I'm more leaning towards spirituality than religion or anything like that. And I do like practice certain spiritual practices that are part of my culture and my foundation. So like when I hear that, I'm like, this seems like it's touching on things that are real to me, but not exactly. Does that make sense? Like, yes. Okay. No, I think it, I think it does. And, and that's sort of like the, the smoke and mirrors of it. Right. Where it's saying these things where I'm just like, yeah like I can get on board with some of these words or Mm -hmm. or the concepts behind these ideas of you know deeper alignment like I would say that within my life Mm -hmm. I think about that I think about being aligned to myself and my values um you know reclaiming their peace that's something that this person mentions Mm -hmm. I very much am thinking about how can I maintain peace in my life how can I foster that day to day and also you know create that within my relationships right so you know I think someone could read that and be like yeah whoa you know enough of those words could resonate with somebody that they could think dude yeah I I want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. I want to do that but I think if you do pause and reflect on it that's I call it spiritual word salad because (laughs) it's just like yeah (laughs) you're saying a lot of things but to your point well what does this collective membership actually offer Mm -hmm. like did you really tell me it feels very mlm-y yeah like it feels like that mlm vibe of like join our sisterhood and you know you can be part of something bigger than yourself and we all love each other and like immediately i'm like these these people hate each other like, yeah, <laughs> this is a group of passive aggressive, toxic positivity spaces where it's like, I'm probably not going to get anything of substance um, from that group. Right. Right. Yeah. And it, it it's kind of promising something that I don't think anybody can really promise you. Yeah. Right. It, it's offering something that is so vast. I mean, you know, transcend, reclaim, embodiment. Those are really large sweeping concepts. Mm -hmm. And I talk about some of these things um, with clients in a very different context. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, you know, shows up in a much more nuanced way. Um, And again, just as a disclaimer, I I only kind of involve certain aspects of spirituality when it's what a client wants and Mm -hmm. it's relevant to them um but yeah so again I I don't think these words are necessarily like ridiculous but they are big concepts and like how can you say that you do all that Mm -hmm. in an online monthly membership yeah and I know for a fact that this person does not have formal training as a coach Mm -hmm. or a therapist um they have a uh a degree related to marketing and mm. I think communication. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So it's like, well, you also don't have, you know, this experience to really inform your practices. Yeah. yeah. And again, I think we have to be really careful as people who want to help. And I don't necessarily think that 
you have to have a certain background or education or knowledge to be a healer if you're a healing like if you just are that person in your community and that that's what your role is in your family or whatever like there's a lot of value to that but I think that for most of us who are intrinsically pulled to that calling we also acknowledge there's a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. in that like as a healing person and as that empath in my family and in my community I acknowledge that I have a lot of responsibility to the people in the community to not mislead them yes right and my like sticking point and because I agree with you and how I frame it is absolutely but it goes into another territory when then you are offering a paid service Mm -hmm. right like that's sort of that line for me where I definitely don't believe that you have to have gone to school or have specific training to help people or to Mm -hmm. offer something to the world but it does come down you mentioned responsibility yeah me helping a friend is not equivalent to me helping a client that I'm working with that level of responsibility and that relationship is different yeah and so what I need to communicate and what I need to offer to the client should look different, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And so yeah. I know there's a lot of gray area here. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't want to glorify, like, only people who have this education should be able to, like, offer something or help. And I know it's not like there's a degree to become a spiritual no. coach. I mean, I know that's <laughs> just, like, that also doesn't really, like, make sense. sense or yeah. exist. And so I know these concepts also are kind of beyond formal education Mm -hmm. um so I'm glad you mentioned that Mm -hmm. because that is that kind of weird like oh these people can sort of thrive in this area of the internet Mm -hmm. and so yeah I appreciate you bringing that in because Mm -hmm. we always want to do that yeah yeah and I think as you talk about some of the the buzzwords or like the words that come up a lot in these spaces it's then it's not that inherently the words or the concepts are bad. No. Like doing things like, um, I don't know, trying to find alignment in your life and in your values is not necessarily a bad thing. I think what, what I'm hearing is that it's like more so that these, these concepts are being simpl- oversimplified and used in a way that keeps you like away from them if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so like manifestation I think that there's there can be something said about you know trying to shift your attention and focus to things that bring value in your life and some people can call that manifesting there's a difference between like this really harmful version of manifesting which is like if you think it you can get it and I think there's not a lot of nuance in those conversations of like well, what about oppression? Like, how can I manifest this when I'm in a a systemic structure that's harming me, right? Like, how can I accomplish this manifestation? Um, And then it puts the blame on the individual when it doesn't work. And I think that's something that, like, ties back into the MLM thing, too, where it's like, then it's your fault if you pay $1,111 and you get no value. That's not my fault. I am enlightened. I've transcended. That must be your fault. There mu- that ties back to what you said earlier. If, like, if you're not getting it, it's, um, it's not because I'm not giving it to you. It's mm-hmm. because you have a block. Mm-hmm. And that's really 
fucked up. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that I have read about, you know, in these groups, um, whether they're, you know, uh, cults or sort of almost cults, Mm -hmm. um, is there's this really like forced closeness and intimacy and a tactic that is often used is kind of really getting people to spill their secrets, like deepest, darkest secrets, you know, talking about their trauma and, there is absolutely benefit in talking about, you know, your trauma or processing it with a safe person, whether it's mm-hmm. like a therapist or not. But in these groups, in these retreats, in um, these spaces, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we're close and we're sisters and, you know, and this is just giving sort of a general example. You know, there's this language around you needing to share Mm -hmm. and you needing to connect over your deepest, darkest secrets. And, um, that is sometimes then weaponized. Absolutely. In the end. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's this power dynamic where whoever the leader or the guru is, they kind of have this hold over you. They know Mm -hmm. something really intense or difficult about you and your life. And what are they then going to do with that? There's a lot of manipulation that starts to come into play. And, you know, again, to add this nuance, by no means am I saying that every spiritual person on Instagram is like this. No. We are talking about a very specific group of people. And so, you know, if there's a spiritual leader that you really like, you find value in them. I am not saying that being spiritual equals bad. I mean, similarly to you, I definitely have spiritual practices and I think a lot about mindfulness and being connected to nature and I I generally feel and I I almost hesitate to say this just because I guess I don't want a client to maybe feel weird about it but I think we all have an innate spirituality Mm -hmm. and I think how we connect with that and how each of us defines that is very different yeah and that's like the cool thing about it Mm -hmm. right absolutely yeah and in these situations it's almost like that expert or that guru has one way of doing it and they become like the be all tell all and it's like they know the answers like I have this like again with like you know with that responsibility of being a therapist at least it's not my responsibility it's not my job to make the client feel like I'm the only one with the answers it's my job to help the client realize that they've always had the answers yes and to trust themselves and to know that they can make decisions for themselves they are the experts in themselves and the way that this sounds and like I have a little bit of knowledge of it is that I'm the expert in you. Mm -hmm. You're not the expert in you. You're Mm -hmm. lost. You need me. You need me. And so you can't do this without me. And it creates this codependent relationship that is, is harmful for someone who may be in a vulnerable place. And I think like, I think there's complexity there. And I think like what you said earlier about like not every spiritual guide is doing this. And so I think it's really I think it's important to be careful about like co-regulating and like spiritual practices and doing that with other people is healthy in some regards. Um, We're just talking more about exploitive because I don't want to like minimize 
certain communities and certain cultures where that is yeah absolutely not that makes sense right and to kind of further clarify the difference here um, another tactic that you often see is these coaches gurus kind of whatever they're labeling themselves they really commodify their own personal growth experience so the person that I was referencing earlier, if you look at a lot of their posts, they use their own transformation Mm -hmm. to communicate what they have to offer in their teachings. And so it just makes me wonder, like if there was not, I guess this profit to be made or this angle for you, would you be exploiting yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Because I have read some things that are very deeply personal Mm -hmm. that like these coaches will post about themselves. Yeah. Like they'll get very deep. I mean, even on social media Mm -hmm. and say, oh, I've been through this and I've done all these things. And, you know, I don't think there's a problem with sharing on social media. But given the context in which these people are sharing, I just wonder what is the purpose Right. Of that is the purpose to connect or share information or, you know, build community or is it more about you pulling people in and getting to pe- people to buy into right. your story and what you have to offer? And, you know, I'm thinking about, again, like us as therapists, like I will definitely share about myself and about my life. You know, I have an Instagram for like my therapy practice, mm-hmm. but I'm always kind of thinking about, you know, what's comfortable for me. Right. You know, I don't want to sacrifice myself. I don't want to capitalize on my own life and kind of exploit myself, mm-hmm. you know, to reach people or to sell, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it just a lot of it comes back to intention and you know you can't fully know all the time mm-hmm. the intention in which somebody is sharing something on social media um and so again there's definitely a gray area there but i think the difference is that you'll see it over and over and over like if you look at one of these coaches profiles it is mm-hmm. very consistently them kind of oversharing and really oversimplifying what they've been right. through of like I did this and now I've transcended and now yes. I'm great and everything's beautiful now and you should want to join me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, life is way more fucking complicated than yeah. that. <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not that simple. Mm-mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can absolutely see the immense harm in, in that. Um, I want to kind of talk about and maybe you can kind of shed some light on the cultural appropriation piece of this. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you said yes. that. That was another thing I really yeah. <laughs> wanted us to say. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So did you have anything else or you just want to make sure we talk about that? I want to, I, yeah, I want to kind of talk about that. I want to spend some time really sitting with it for a minute. Yeah. So something that I often see, um, on Instagram specifically, um, there's a lot of appropriation of yoga mm. and, uh, like Hindi and Buddhist practices yes. and schools of thought. Um, definitely sometimes, um, from certain countries mm-hmm. like, um, clothing that sort of appropriates, 
um, you know, Japanese culture or mm-hmm. Indian culture, I think is really the biggest mm-hmm. one. But sometimes I see appropriating of clothing from um, like Japan, China, you know, also other, I other Asian countries. can also call to like indigenous communities too. Native American, there's a Huge. lot of appropriation of Native American yeah. culture. Yes. Huge. I think a lot of this... And I think that's where we're kind of getting at. It's not the people from these communities. No, who these are, are white women. This, right. Like these are white if men we and women. Said that, like they're yeah, that's clear that's a clear distinction. It's like these are white privileged women coming and saying, like, I have all these answers and taking them from indigenous communities, from communities who have deep, deep, deep roots, from closed practices yes. in these communities. And then repackaging them, making them trendy, you know, making them more simplified for social media so that they can then put a paywall behind it. But a lot of these indigenous communities and a lot of these communities have access to these resources for free. Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of these, I I remember being um, when I was in college and taking a lot of classes on on spirituality and religion like we were able to just walk into many of these religious and spiritual temples and places of of you know spirituality and being accepted by those leaders and being able to hear those messages for free and being welcomed into those communities for free and there was very little barrier to access and so it's just shocking when that stuff is appropriated and then put behind these like thousand dollars mm-hmm. of payments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you mentioned the, the native American or I, I probably shouldn't have said indigenous practices. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is the other set yeah. that, that I see so often, um, you know, oh, sage, People oh, burning sage. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Um, you know, the headdresses. Yeah. I'll see people appropriate often. Dream catchers mm-hmm. are a big one. Um, so there's lots of different, you know, really sacred yes. practices and objects that these <laughs> white people will mm-hmm. co-opt. Yeah. Right. And so it is absolutely not the spiritual practice that's the problem. Exactly. Those are deeply, and I, I mean, I can't even speak to it. I'm not a part of those communities, but mm-hmm. from my understanding, those are deeply sacred and important practices, yeah. whether, you know, you, we're talking about people who are Buddhist or people who are indigenous or, you know, kind of whatever mm-hmm. uh, group they're a part of. And so, you know, these white people, because it's men and women, you know, they haven't had to go through you know the suffering or the sacrifices Mm -hmm. that the people in those communities have had to go through yeah you know there are years and years of trauma and genocide that many of these groups have experienced and their culture has been you know at many points in history actively stripped away from them And it's not been acceptable, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think about um, even Aboriginal culture in Australia mm-hmm. and how they set up these schools mm-hmm. to put all the Aboriginal children in and like they couldn't, you know, practice their cultural, um, their cultural ways. Yeah. You know, they had to like learn how to be Christian and mm-hmm. learn English and all these things. And so. But now it's like, <laughs> like, like you said, it's like cool and trendy right. 
to, you know, have these prayer beads and, yes. you know, to, and I don't think that white, I don't know, maybe I can't say that as a white person, but I don't know. I, I'm not here to say whether white people can or cannot practice yoga, but again, it's mm-hmm. kind of the way in which, right. You know, it's, it's the done. way that you center yourself in yeah. the conversation. Like, like, are you honoring it for what it is mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, I'm a, I'm a visitor or I'm a guest or mm-hmm. asking somebody like, is it appropriate? Like, is, is this a closed mm-hmm. practice? Like, right. That respect is not there. The respect isn't there. And then if there are closed practices, I feel like that's where the ambiguity of language comes up. Cause it's like, you know, you can transcend this and you can manifest this. And like, it's very vague. So they can get around with, or get around the fact that they're repurposing and repackaging closed practices of, um, sacred spiritual, uh, belief systems mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um that is not okay mm-hmm. you know and I think anytime that you anytime that you offer any type of spiritual guidance or suggestion that's not that doesn't come from a direct lineage something you know about you have to really be mindful and maybe even don't say it because it's not yours Right. It's not yours to say. So you really are not the expert in that practice. And so diverting to the leaders in those communities and saying, you know, I follow these leaders, but I am not going to take up space as a leader in these communities. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people would be okay with that. Like a lot of people say Mm -hmm. that's all right. It's okay to want to practice and to respectfully look at our practices and and the open practices and incorporate those into your daily life um but honor where they come from and acknowledge it and say these things come from this community and they're not mine and i'm grateful that i'm even able to access them because they've been so helpful for me in my journey that is a healthy way to to do it you know yeah i totally agree and then to say well, I'm going to make money off of it. Ugh. You know, that's kind of then yes. the next step of like, dude, really? Yes. Like, I don't know. And I, I guess I also want to be a little vulnerable and like share something. I actually got the Ohm symbol tattooed on my back when I was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said before, I mean, I'm just like a white cis woman mm-hmm. <laughs> from America and I in no way meant that tattoo as, as something harmful or malicious and you know I, I can't say that it's maybe directly harmed anybody I, I would hope not but I think it does contribute to like mm-hmm. now I'm almost 31 so I've had this tattoo a while and I've actually in the last year been planning to get it removed because mm-hmm. I think you know I got it at a time where it did resonate with me. That's why I got it because Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I, you know, this feels like important to me in Mm -hmm. some way. And as I've grown and I've gotten older and I've developed as a person, I realized like, you know, I, I don't hate myself. I don't judge myself for doing that, but I I don't want that tattoo anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. It it does not fit Mm -hmm. anymore. And I, I don't want to contribute to, um, kind of that, thoughtlessness Mm -hmm. you know um and you know if people see the tattoo and and they have a thought about it um or they're offended I mean I I could totally understand that um and so you know I I do want to 
take space to say that if you get caught up in these things or, you know, if you buy some of these objects, like, I don't know, I just see a lot of it, like Buddhas or dream catchers or tapestries mm-hmm. with these Im- this imagery and, you know, you're not like bad, you're not hateful because you, you know, maybe get a certain tattoo mm-hmm. or um, because you buy sage or mm-hmm. <laughs> a jade egg or whatever, but, you know, we learn as we go. And that's the important thing, like two things. So I think go directly going off of what you're saying, the important thing is when you know something, when you have information and you don't change your practice, yes. you don't change your ways, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That I do see as harmful. Mm-hmm. If you are like, I know this is wrong, I'm going to do it anyway. And I don't care. Then yeah, no, I, I don't have I don't have space for that for you. Um, if you are... Like you said, if you are acknowledging like the information I have now shapes the de- like the impact of the decisions I made in the past and I would like to be accountable to those, then yeah, like that I don't think we should necessarily like villainize that. I think that's important to grow and say like, yeah, I ha- I've had this new information and like I've grown and learned and like I don't want this anymore. Like this isn't. I understand this isn't really for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Be- and then the other piece of that, while you were talking, I was thinking about my, like, experience as someone who grew up with La- Latina background and Irish white background and always growing up feeling like I was so disconnected and still so disconnected from my Mexican roots and the practices of that lineage. And I've had to, like fight to find them out and I'm still trying to fight to find Mm -hmm. out what did my ancestors do what Mm -hmm. were their practices how do I connect back to those roots Mm -hmm. because they've been colonized over and over and over to the point where like asking my mom or asking my you know my grandparents isn't isn't enough anymore like they don't know either they're removed and so they're on a journey to find out what is going on, what was going on and how to incorporate that back into our lives. So I think that's really important to say is like it's frustrating to really think about like these people coming up and saying, oh, like I have all this information, I have all this spiritual practice. And it's like I didn't even get to have that because as a child, like that was so removed because of the oppression that my you know ancestors faced in coming to this country mm-hmm. and trying to just not be hurt or attacked or murdered like so they had to get rid of things they had to un- like leave things behind and say we're not going to practice those things we're not going to speak these languages and I'm the direct like result of that you know mm-hmm. so it's like because it wasn't safe that I hear you saying right. that they did that because it wasn't safe. Exactly. Like even mm-hmm. learning Spanish for me as a as an adult is like I didn't learn that as a child because my mom, they only spoke it at home. And my grandfather would say, like, when you go out there, you have to you're white. Like you have to act like the white people to make it. Mm-hmm. You have to like acculturate. Mm-hmm. And that's so harmful. And like of now course. as an adult, I'm like, I want to get back to my roots yeah. and like all of that stuff. But you know, to see people like burning sage and I'm like, do can I even do, I don't even know if I have access to that mm. because I have not been like guided in that realm. Mm-hmm. And I know there are other people like that who are like, well, damn, like you're just taking these closed practices. And I, I've just had to go off of intuition 
So the spirituality that I do is very much based on intuition. I have things that, you know, I see my family doing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that like kind of, that made me a little frustrated mm-hmm. as we were talking about it. I'm like, dang, you're right. Like mm-hmm. that really is annoying that mm-hmm. some people just inherently take that. And yes. as if it's theirs and as if they can like they discovered it as yeah, <laughs> as if they discovered it and as if they can like make a career off of it. Yeah, exactly. And like I'm I'm one story of I'm sure millions of nuanced and differing stories. But also I want to point out like Native Americans, indigenous communities, marginalized communities, people of color like are not a monolith no either right? right and I love that you said that because you know people within those communities can have different perspectives on this Absolutely. very topic so mm-hmm. you know I love that you are sharing your experience with that I am you know not of these communities and so I hope I've been very clear in saying that mm-hmm. it's not my place to speak on that stuff which is you know I've talked just more about kind of the problematic stuff I see on social media yeah um definitely. I guess those are my people <laughs> in a way these like white women oh fuck you gotta talk to them <laughs> I mean girl uh listen yeah. I'm, I'm half like Irish too no so like, I know I just I say that in kind of this like self-deprecating I, funny yes, way but we both gotta talk to our people yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but um Yes, I that's always important that yeah. like there's somebody who is Mexican who could maybe think totally different than yeah. you do. Like so we are also not saying like, oh, yeah, this is how every single person no. with these spiritual practices is like going to think about it. No, um, but this is two perspectives from mm-hmm, two people mm-hmm. and we definitely don't have all the right answers. Oh, no, like no. And I'm never going to label it for anybody. No. Like, I'm never going to look at somebody and be like, you're doing your spirituality wrong. I think calling out these gurus and these coaches I'm saying this is wrong because it harms people. Yeah. But I'm not saying these practices are inherently wrong. Exactly. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, I th- and that's clear. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'm just like, <laughs> now I'm like, oh my gosh. Because like, I just care. I care. And like, I know spirituality and all of these things are so meaningful to people. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I've, I've been clear. So thank you for validating me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, and I appreciate you bringing this like concept for our episode because it like when you first t- like the brought it up and you were like, oh, I want to talk about this. I don't think I really knew like at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I don't really know where we're going to take this. What are we going to talk about? Yeah. And like I kind of left it more like I said, a more listening role and a more kind of taking it in. And that kind of helps me with that realization at the end. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like you're this is fucked up. Like I'm, now I'm realizing this is impacting me mm-hmm. and that's a really frustrating thought um yeah so yeah we definitely we definitely want to just shed light on these things that's mm-hmm. the whole point of this podcast mm-hmm. shed light on these things start conversations yeah and please write to us and share your perspectives yes on this do. i'd love to hear from like other people in in those communities who are you know, processing and, and hearing the impact of this. Mm-hmm. Are there things that we got wrong? Are there things that yeah, you agree please with? Please let us know. Um, I mean, again, we're if it, if learning there's space to do that. If sure. you have space to let us know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We don't expect you to like take on our education. No. <laughs> we don't. We just mean like if you're willing to share your yeah. your perspective and your thoughts and yes, because um, we are learning all the time mm-hmm. and like we're gonna continue to take this spirit 
yeah of learning for it in our lives and in the content we put out and Mm -hmm. um I really love the direction this episode took and because I didn't even really know that we would sort of get into this territory and I just so appreciate like your perspective and your experience with it Thank you. I appreciate you holding space for that. And I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. I'm on it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to like. This is the beauty of it, right? You were talking and I was like, oh, my gosh. It like clicked. It's like Uh, one of those moments where you have like um, a big reaction. You're like, where is that coming from? Like, Uh I could feel my stomach kind of like turning and I could feel myself getting hot and I was getting frustrated. And I'm like, why? I'm like, oh, that's why my identity is being pulled into question Mm. here. And there are people who are just like so quickly embracing things that I've had such a hard time even like accepting about myself, mm-hmm. not at my own fault and not at the full no. fault of my ancestors, but at the fault of others who have taken those things from from us. So, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do I say you're welcome? <laughs> no, I yeah I mean and and I think this is like the thing I've always loved about our conversations and what's cool about like how it you know shows up in the podcast is Mm -hmm. that like we kind of have these talking points or we sort of know where we're going and then um this is why conversation and uh discussion is important because it it goes in these directions so Mm -hmm. um I guess we will wrap it up there thank you for listening yeah thank y'all for listening and we will catch up with you soon What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, I thought you were starting. I am, oh, okay. but I got like lost in my head. I was trying to get back to the page. You're um, good. We can save this for bloopers. But yeah. Okay. Okay. More and more people are looking for answers. There's a lot we're trying to cope with these days. A pandemic. What? A pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> Look. <sighs> a pandemic. <laughs> I hate you. (laughs) This podcast is canceled. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Okay. Try again. Got this. Serious. (laughs) I'm trying to give you the break in the audio so that you can. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. This transformation and transcendence. If you join their three-month exclusive program for only $1,111. Can we start over? Yeah. (laughs) We definitely can. Do you want to stop it? And then... Uh, They say that they're a yogurt... (laughs) A yogurt...